you're listening to Diving In, a podcast by Lexi McCrowan. Join me as I explore topics relating to health, wellness, and how to stay true to yourself. Each week, I touch on raw and often unspoken conversations with special guests as they share their experience working in the spotlight and their own personal journey to accepting themselves. Diving In is your guide to help you navigate challenges in life, whether that's relating to friendships, business, or health. I can't wait to take you on this exciting journey with me. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Diving In. Today, I'm joined by a very beautiful person. But before we get into today's episode, I wanted to share this week's special share. And as always, it'll tie in with what we will be discussing today. So here it is. You become what you surround yourself with. And I love this one. And this is something Sophie and I touch on in today's episode, but Sophie runs a business called Club Sup, and it's all about connecting with food and wine and a bunch of strangers. And I love it because I think after lockdown, a lot of people were craving a sense of connection and meeting like-minded people and not knowing how to. And people, I guess, were forgetting how to socialize when they went out in public. So I thought it would be really nice to sit down with Sophie and chat about her business, why she started it, the meaning behind it, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy today's episode. For some of my listeners who may or may not know you, could you tell us a bit maybe about yourself, what you do, where you're based, how old you are? Okay, so my name's Sophie, have clubs up. Um, I live in Melbourne. I currently live in South Yarra, Turak of Melbourne. Um, I have lived in Melbourne for nearly 10, actually 10 years this week, which is wild. Um, I moved here from the Gold Coast when I was like 18. Um, and yeah, I think, um, I started wanting to go into fashion. I did a fashion degree here at RMIT in Brunswick and then yeah like really followed a pretty traditional path and really got to where I wanted to go um you know on a great timeline Mm. um then I spent like three years working for um a really big Japanese retailer um which as a planner and that was a very intense world and it felt like you know that was kind of like the job that I could really get it was such a crossroads it was like do I invest in this for the honestly the next five to ten years because there was so much to kind of sink your teeth into or do I like is this really what I want do I Mm. lock in or do I you know kind of pursue something creative and I think finding that creative thing took a really long time and so it you know didn't always seem like this was the path I was going to take but I um yeah I through the pandemic just found that everyone was finding ways to like connect Mm -hmm. and then everyone was like lonely at the same time because like everyone's friends were moving and then you know I had friends who were single and friends that they were in couples with like had babies and then they're like oh my god like 
now I don't have any friends that I can go and have a wine with. And yeah, everyone kind of came out, I think, of that first year of 2020, just being like, oh, this is a weird social landscape and they didn't really know where to go. And then, yeah, it just was like, you know what? Like, no one else is going to do this. If no one else is going to create like a really nice, fun way that's not like, mm. let's be honest, lame or, you know, there's no weird like conversation starters or there's no like, you know, it doesn't feel too team buildy. Mm. Um, yeah. So I was like, screw it. I'll do it. And yeah, just it really, I guess it's really just evolved and we've kind of, obviously we've put a lot of effort into it, but at the same time, we've kind of really just let it take on the life of its own. Yeah. And I guess I always try to remind myself of, you know, there's no harm in taking a risk. Like you're going to learn something from it anyway, whether it's positive or negative. So yeah, I think that was really good of you. And I only stumbled across your Instagram account maybe like a few months ago. And I myself fell in love with the meaning behind the name. Like even the way you've kind of um, brought people to your account with lots of beautiful film photos. Like I find film photos so nostalgic. Yeah. I don't know. Like I think it was a conscious decision to do it on film because I was like, one, I'm not a photographer, don't have it big camera and I was like oh iPhone can be hard Mm. and then I was like you know what it's got to be film because I just think it kind of diffused like it just made it so accessible and the imagery just became just so you know like the dinner parties of like your parents Mm. part like what your parents used to have and you kind of knew what it was without really knowing what it was I don't know Yeah, I get that. Mm. So how would you describe your business to someone then? And I guess touch on, you know, where the inspiration for your dinner parties came about. Well, so I always find I'm still really learning how to (laughs) describe my business because I think the success of it to me is still very new. Mm -hmm. Um, So I... I'm trying to get better at it. I always just say it is a supper club where people can come and they can make a friend. I love that. Um, or they could make a new connection. Um, I remember this one day. I don't know. I'm like a. I'm, I'm like a. I just got to write stuff down. Yeah. If it's in my head, and I remember after like the summer holidays, I think it would have been like 2021, I came back to work. You know, like that quiet period where everyone's like still working, it's January, there's really not much to do because everyone's away. Yeah. And so I just got a big landscape A3, um, you know, those like art books? Yeah. With like the really heavy paper in it? Yeah. With like the black cover. I literally just got that and a like a fine liner black pen and just drew and wrote everything down and just like doodled honestly like wrote down menus ideas ideas for yeah like ideas for menus ideas for recipes like I think I even started like a lot of the branding in that so like all of our little motifs like on our website and on our logo all came from that book Mm. um that were just honestly like me just drawing on the couch, um, kind of also like going through my saved folder of my Instagram. That's probably 
the biggest place that I have all of my, I guess, inspiration. But yeah, I think I really nutted a lot of that out from that book. I actually have it still. I should go back to it and see what's in there. Because I think it's funny, like when I, like the logo we have now is not the first logo. Mm. And I look at the first logo and I feel like I was trying to um, really try and be bigger than what I was, if that makes sense. And Mm. like through that, I think I really lost a lot of the brand that I had started with. Yeah. And then I kind of rediscovered it. And then like my best friend at the time, best friend was like, as if you aren't using all of this, like this is ridiculous. <laughs> so we like, redid the logo because we very quickly knew that it just wasn't the vibe. Yeah. And I think since we redid that and we kind of went back to the book and I showed like the graphic designer the book basically, she took what she loved out of it and then built the brand around that. And ever since then, it's been so clear. Oh, that's amazing. You know, like it's, yeah. it's like been, you know, it all makes sense. And honestly, like a great graphic designer worth their weight in gold. <laughs> Shout out to you, Kate, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> because your business is surrounded a lot around food and I think I read one of your posts once and were you making all the food at the start? Yeah, so we made I the first supper we did we found a um it was almost like a dying Airbnb. Um it was a couple who had had it during the pandemic, they didn't really know what to do with it and they were like almost just waiting out their lease, basically. Um and they were like, Look, it's it doubles as an event space, knock yourself out, like we will give it to you as cheap as anything. It was like for like the entire day it was like $300, which is like impossible wow. to find in Melbourne. Um, and it was perfect. And yeah, we just like cooked out of the kitchen and we had, I, I invited probably six of my friends and they all had to bring someone that no one else knew. Oh. And so that kind of felt like the start of it. And yeah. then we, yeah, we posted like, one post like I think we started getting some like a few followers I can be like 500 followers at this point and then yeah from like the first post we just posted the new date and then we had like 10 random people who came oh wow like you guys are so weird like how did you get how did you find me first of all (laughs) second of all mad respect for just being like let's do something yeah and yeah they all came and I just like remember being like so nervous I was like I've just signed myself up for <laughs> I guess like the biggest blind date in the history of the world um but yeah and then it just worked and then honestly it just snowballed from there and um the word I think that's the word just kind of got out and then yeah we just kept filling it and then we moved into um I don't know if you know Ma House in East it doesn't exist anymore but um Ben he has a shop in Fitzroy now but he used to have this beautiful house that was like a studio photography space oh wow and then we moved then we moved there it was basically his like apartment um and yeah and then I think because we were when it then kind of really kicked off we were like in and out of snap lockdowns. Mm. So I think like as horrible as this sounds, like that 
kind of became like really good for business because mm. literally no one could do anything. And so everyone's like, oh, like, let's go to this dinner. Like maybe there's something we can do here. And then, then we went back into like the really big lockdown and then we kind of had to really evaluate, you know, like if it was sustainable, like if I could keep cooking it all the time and, you know, like it would be huge days. It would be like I'd get up at 6 a.m., oh, go wow. to the market. Because at this time too, I was still working like my full-time corporate fashion job. So I was literally like either taking an annual leave day or like taking a sick day so naughty of me but you know just like kind of getting it done and getting it all done in one day and then like you know just packing everything down and then going to work again at the next like by midnight and then going to work at 8am the next day oh my god um, yeah and like loved it like just high on the adrenaline like it was great Mm. Can you run us through a typical day of planning an event then from, I guess, maybe when you first started, what you kind of had to do in that day to prepare for it? Because, yeah, it sounds like you had to do quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was just so much fun and it was so – it had such a novelty around it. For me, it just felt like an entire day of bliss, just like being alone and going to the market and – you know, buying food and then coming home and prepping and then kind of getting everything to um, the event space. And then, yeah, my – it's like we'd get everything to the event space and all the food would be prepped. It kind of just needed to go through, like, its final stage. And my mum, God bless her soul, she'd rock up at, like, 5 o'clock and um, she'd start finishing everything off. And then I guess we'd be there from, like, 6.30 and – like I would host it, make sure everyone was okay and like, you know, in a bit of a groove. And then yeah, we just have dinner and then get ev- get everyone out. And usually they will always go to like another pub or like go and have a drink somewhere else. And then yeah, we like I'd just pack everything down into the car and you know, just get home. And it would always be like at twelve thirty in the morning. Oh and my god. Then I just wouldn't think about it and I'd go to sleep and come back to it the next day and then yeah that's it that would be the entire day wow but yeah it would just be 7 a.m market come home bit of breakfast start cooking lunch pack away pack everything up and then yeah wow but now it's very different now it's very like because we host them now out of restaurants mm there's a lot less of, I guess, the legwork involved. It's more like we can just host from here on out. Yeah. Like for me, it wasn't a, like it was about the food, but I just didn't want anyone to ever have like their own individual plate of food, mm. if that makes sense. Like I didn't want to have everything served and then like, you know, plated and then served. I, um, because I just thought that that, really defeated the purpose like I loved the idea of everything on the table and like one of everything and like I don't know like I grew up in a big family and there was one dish of everything and there was all like always that first few minutes at the start of dinner and everyone be like who has enough of this who has enough of that did you get some of this and I just love that idea of 
that would have been just such a great way to, I guess, force people to talk and also like, you know, force people to be a bit empathetic towards each other. I would only have one thing of butter. So someone always had to be like, sorry, can you pass me the butter? Mm. Like literally all the way down the end of the table and you had to ask like five people to get you butter. (laughs) And just, you know, stuff like that where it just really, and like really just easy things that I, I don't know, that I love that are just nostalgic. Like I really got to like into cooking schnitzels because <laughs> I'm like finding one person that doesn't like a shitty um, and they're just cosy and yum and they were always in winter and oh yeah just one time I did a big fish stew that was like in the middle of winter that was really yum, oh, yum. but yeah just stuff like that I know feeds a lot mm. and that I love and yeah, and it's not technical, it just is, I think my, the anatomy of, like, my favourite plate is, like, something, I guess, meaty, or, like, a protein that's, like, a little bit crispy and just salty with, like, something fresh and, I guess, like, zesty. Yeah, yeah. Like, give me something like that like, any day of the week. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, so, and just, like, a ba- like, just a lovely balance, but then, like, Dessert was always individual. Yeah. Because, like, no one should ever have to share dessert. Yeah. So did you feel like there was a gap in connecting with like-minded people in Melbourne, like you mentioned, with lockdown, like when we were opening up again and when you were going out, did you notice much? 100%. Like, I think I noticed it even pre-pandemic. Like, I, I I lived, I moved to Melbourne and... I think I personally fell through the gaps. Like I moved into a share house when I was probably 18 and everyone was five or six years older than me in this share house. So it was kind of hard to, I guess, make friends from that. And then also just going to like a fashion school, like not everyone was super friendly. Mm. Um, And it was really hard to just connect or I don't know, I just found it hard like I spent a long time in you know a romantic relationship that broke down and then I came out of it thinking like oh my god I kind of didn't spend those years fostering friendships Mm. and coming out of all of that I kind of got to a point was like oh my god like how do I make new friends where do I find them and I spent so long trying to research things and then anyway, and I just couldn't find anything that wasn't like mixed netball. And then I I changed jobs and then I met people through there and it kind of all just flowed. But I just remember that time of thinking, yeah, this is really hard to do. Mm. And if like I can't be alone in this feeling. And then I think just also like I thought, oh, maybe for some reason, I was like, oh, maybe I am. Anyway, but then I think what it was about the pandemic is, like, everyone had a moment of that. Mm. Like, I don't care who you are. Everyone had that moment, even if it was for a day or a week or whatever. Everyone felt, I guess, that, like, you know, I guess that loss of, like, all the social things and 
maybe the people that you hung out with all the time, like maybe they just weren't your people or I don't know. But yeah, I just thought about a lot, like what are the friendships that you stay in Mm. because you don't know where else you can find new ones. Mm. And like that's not a nice way to live life. Yeah, and I agree with that so much because I often touch on, you know how like some people say, you know, social media can be such a negative place and it can be, but I also feel like it can be such a positive place in terms of like when I travel I meet so many people through Instagram through my accounts and just catch up with them and it's honestly just so rewarding to have a friend that you feel like you've known for so long because like you've chatted online and then you meet them in person and it's yeah it's so rewarding yeah yeah and I think um I don't know I think everyone kind of got to a point they're like oh like that would be a fun thing to do and yeah I think the pandemic kind of brought those feelings to the surface of a lot of people. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was just like, that's, it's gotta, it's gotta happen. Yeah. So what do you notice then during these events? Like say when people first walk in the door to, you know, kind of getting a bit more comfortable within the event and, you know, chatting a bit more. So everyone's nervous (laughs) for sure, but there's always like, there's it, there's like two types of people. There's the people who are so nervous and so like they're there, like they're so brave, mm. but they're just like almost a little bit consumed by their nervousness. Oh. And then there are people who, whilst also nervous, I guess it's just a battle of introverts versus extroverts, really. And there are the people who are the extroverts who are very nervous, but are very much the ones to be like they rally everyone together Mm. and they're the ones being like hi how you going and like they're the ones at the start who really carry I guess yeah like they carry the introductions they carry the conversation they make sure everyone's okay they make sure you know there isn't an awkward silence or (laughs) You know, and then eventually I think it's like then the introverts kind of when everyone kind of connects and everyone's like gets a little bit like I think rowdy is the right word. Mm. They're the ones to kind of just mellow everyone out just a little bit. It's very interesting. Yeah. Like they're the ones to kind of keep like the energy not getting too high because like Mm. we had this one supper once where it was, I swear, everyone was just an extrovert and they just it was like they had all met in another lifetime (laughs) and I like was like I don't know how I'm gonna be able to like rally these people like I can't I don't know if I can control them like they all became just like so close so quickly they were laughing so loudly and it's amazing but I think like I've really noticed having a balance across the both types really really works Like, that's just what I keep noticing. And I think also, like, I think what people who come, what they notice is they think they're going to be the only person that's nervous. Mm. And then then they so quickly realise that they're in a room with 16 other people who feel the exact same as them. Mm. And then, like, that calms them down. It's like the solidarity of it all. Yeah. If you ever felt stuck in your life and you felt like 
if you've hit a wall or whatever, there's mm. a place you can come and there's a place you can flesh that out. And I think, you know, like a lot of people go overseas or travel to figure that out. But I think there's something in figuring that out in your hometown that is just as rewarding. Rewarding. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so I just wanted there to be a place and I wanted people to feel like at the end of the day, I can, there is something that exists out there like this. But, yeah, I think I, like I said before, I always wanted people to, I think, um, like my goal was like, oh, everyone will just be really good friends and like they'll hang out forever. Mm. And like that's not always the way. And like there are definitely people who have made very good friends out of the, out of the club and, um, you know, like we've even had people fall in love, which is very gorgeous. Um, but I think, yeah, if it just encourages you to talk to someone that you, I guess, have like a bit of a friend crush on that you're just like, oh, I would love to be that person's friend. Mm. And it encourages you to be like, hey, like this might be really rogue, but did you want to get a wine or did you want to like go for a walk or do you just like want to get a beer? Do you want to play golf? Do you want to like anything? Like let's just hang out and I guess kind of go on a friend date. Oh, I like, love that. If that just encourages you to go and do that, then that I think I've succeeded. Yeah. yeah. Because I don't think we, I don't think we date friends mm. and we should. <laughs> yeah. I get that. I guess when also starting your business, it can be daunting, you know. Did you ever struggle with self-doubt when you were first beginning Club Stop thinking, you know, would anyone come to these events? Um, How am I going to make it successful? Totally. But, like, at the same time, I don't know, I just think something snapped in me and I was like, this just has to work. Yeah. Not in, like, a, it has to work, but I just was like, this is going to work. Yeah. And so I was just like, I can't do it. And because I kept it very, very, very low stakes. Like, you know, at the start we broke even and, like, that was just the fun in it. Mm. And, you know, yeah, I think even now, like, I just I just don't put the pressure on it. Yeah, that's like good. I, I've, I've never come at it being like, this is my business. Yeah. And this is how I'm going to make money. Do like, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. It's, we're, we're, we're putting something out there for people mm. to um, enjoy. And, you know, there is a lot of work involved. So definitely, like, it, it is becoming my job. Mm. Um, you know, like, it's not physical. Mm. So we can adapt and change. I used to definitely think when when we stopped cooking it, I did think like, oh, I don't know how we can, you know, do this. Like how can the format exist again? Yeah. And, you know, I had the owner of Waxflower where oh, we wow. ho- used to host it. He just, I said to myself, it was probably like November of 2021 and I was like, okay, and everyone's a bit stressed after the lockdown, like that was intense. Yeah. I'm just going to give it till February for everyone in Melbourne 
to just settle down a little bit. Yeah. And it's got to, like, club stuff has until February to have have a pulse, basically. Mm. Or just show me that, like, it can work. Like, the second week of January, I got a message from Dave and he was like, hey, I just found this Instagram. I'm on holiday and it's amazing. Um, I own Wax Flower and um, we have a really big event space out the back that never gets used. But um, if you ever needed a space to host this, you're welcome. He's like, whatever you want, whatever you need, it's up to you. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and I was like, oh, my God, and it's like my angel. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of ran with that and it was a really great fit and you know I I definitely believe leaving everything to the professionals is the way the best way to do things yeah um so I got them to cook it I just hosted it and I don't know it it showed me because I think I I think the one thing was that I got very hung up on the vision Mm. um of what I wanted it to be like but I think that, yeah, the opening my mind up, because it, be, it got to the point where it was like being hung up on the vision or not having it at all. Mm. Um, and so I was like, right, well, let's just try it, see what happens. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Mm. And then, yeah, and now like this year we're moving it to Cairns in Abbotsford and, like, we're taking it to Sydney again. And I saw that. That looks yeah. exciting. Yeah, so we're releasing that. Actually, once I jump off this, I'll send out that email. Um, and, yeah, so I think um, it just, yeah, it showed me that it can be taken anywhere and, yeah, there's so much that can be done with it. And I think, yeah, it really just taught me that just to be fluid and, like, as long as it kind of feels true, yeah, then that's it like you know we're starting to get like approached by brands as like ticketed events and I'm a bit like no we're not doing that sorry like you you don't have access to Mm. my babies (laughs) yeah basically you know I'm very protective of it and I'm like no like if there's something very special that we have yeah yeah as long as it stays true to you know it's a very vulnerable thing Mm. coming so I think, yeah, everything that – as long as it stays true to that. The club is a very switched-on thing. Like, you are talking to people all the time. Mm. And I'm very much one of those per- people who – I think I'm just one of those people who has, like – I don't know if I'm an extrovert or an introvert, but I definitely have a load. And so I think understanding for me what that load is because what it then affects is – my ability to be creative and therefore grow the business. Mm. So I think like that's I think as a I guess as the owner of the business, that has been my challenge to I guess in a way like plug into where my threshold is in engaging with people or engaging with work that doesn't come at a detriment to my ability to therefore have the space to be creative mm. so like this like I'm still working just casually now but I used to work still full-time and run the business but this year after a big like I took three weeks off 
um, you know, I just realised, I was like, okay, I need to have more time at the club and I need to have more time to rest. Mm. And, you know, it was my boyfriend would never tell me what to do, but he had some, like, we were just talking about, you know, our year this year and he was like I have some strong words of advice for you and I was like oh god but he was like you need to just have a day off doll Mm -hmm. um he was like you just need a day off because he's like you're so much more clearer and more creative when you've had a day off yeah I'm definitely a big believer in yeah having a work-life balance and I think having those days to rest, it kind of sparks my creativity again. Or, you know, when you're not feeling as good or you might be having just an off day, you know, sometimes I get frustrated with myself and wonder why Um, I can't just wake up and do certain things. But those days all lead to, you know, the bigger picture in the end and, yeah, just trusting the process. And then the next day you might wake up and you're super creative again. Yeah, I had a friend ask me about this the other day. She's like, I need maybe, like, I should start a business. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, like, think about the things that you are, you are truly, like, seamlessly fit into your life. And we were thinking about a few, few things, and I was like, there you go, that's it. Like, that is the thing that people will associate with, like, they already associate that mm. with you, and therefore you are that. So, mm. yeah, I just think it makes sense. Yeah, I love that. I don't know, something that doesn't make sense to you, and that's because it's like... Because at the end of the day, if it's a product or an idea that you're just like, oh, I think this will make me money, mm. you're not, you're not going to, I don't know, I think your intentions aren't there. No, and yeah. In the right way. And people will realise it and people love connecting to a story. Mm. And, yeah, you just, I just don't think, you're always going to, like, sacrifice the growth of it. Mm. You know, you just be like, oh, we'll we'll just see what happens. I don't know, like... No, yeah, I completely agree with that, you know, with my podcast as well. I feel like a point in my life I was more so trying to focus, you know, on the money side of it because I didn't have a job and I was, you know, trying to process ways I could get a job or have a job, you know, maybe working from home or, you know, being able to travel and work and then... I kind of woke up one morning and I said to myself, you know what, I shouldn't want to do it for the money. I should just want to do it Mm. because it's a passion of mine and that is exactly what it is. I just like to connect with like-minded people. And when I'm traveling, you know, I just reach out to people. I'm like, hey, do you want to jump on and maybe discuss the amazing things that you're doing? Yeah, and I think, like, people, it'll just come out in your work, Mm. you know. That's definitely what we have on the cards for this year is, um, hosting more alumni events and hosting more, yeah, more things that you can do that aren't always eating or drinking. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I think in terms of club supping, you know, maybe wanting to grow, I guess maybe you yourself, you want to be a bit more than just being known for, you know, your food and connecting over food you know you maybe want to grow it into other aspects because there's so many other ways you can connect with strangers as well yeah absolutely and I think oh yeah I just don't want to get I just don't want to pigeonhole people into thinking like you know you need to get boozy we need you know like yeah I just think there are there should be other ways Mm. if that's not your scene yeah 
No, I definitely feel you there. In terms of having it in Sydney, were people reaching out wanting you to host it in Sydney or did you just feel like you wanted to take it elsewhere as well? Um, It was 50-50. I think we were always going to see like how we could do it and then we had people reaching out and then we were like, let's just put it out. And again, we were just seeing how many spots could we fill. Mm. And then we just captured it however many we could get. And yeah, but I think this year... We'll definitely have more of a goal to really, really fill more spots and make it a lot bigger. Yeah. Like Uh, try to get it to where it is Melbourne-wise. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And I always like to finish off by asking my guests, what's one quote or saying that has stuck by you growing up and why? Oh, a quote. Hmm. Oh, my God. It's something I would always roll my eyes about and my dad, if my dad ever listens to this, he'll be, I'll never hear the end of it. But he always says just be true to yourself, which I guess is at the end of the day very relevant in my business and, you know, very relevant into how I would want all my guests to arrive at a supper Mm. is just their most authentic self. Well, thank you so much for joining me and for sharing your story about Club Sup and how it evolved. And for all my listeners who want to follow Club Sup on Instagram, it's just at Club Sup. And hopefully some of my listeners will attend your events. Please come. It's like the best. It's the best one ever. Everyone's like electric after it. It's so funny. Like everyone comes and they're just like so frazzled and then by the end everyone's like it's like they want to like run a marathon 